When I was 25, my parents died. It was a terrible bridge accident. A lot of people lost their families that day. Apparently the construction signs were removed too soon and unfortunately traffic flooded the unready bridge too early. Both snapped, the cables broke, and like out of a horror movie, the bridge fell apart and debris collapsed into the body of water below us. I should have been with them, you know. Instead, I was the reason they were there. See, I'm a public speaker. Some call it public figures, some call it motivational speakers, some people call it fake. I had a local speaking gig at a church and wanted, you know, my family to come see their boy. I got the news after my speech to the kids at the church. My assistant, who happened to be my best friend, found out the minute I walked out on stage. He and the rest of my staff waited for me and Danny, my assistant, embraced me. A warm, sorrow, grip. I jokingly added that my speech couldn't have been that good. Come on, guys. That's when he started to tell me what happened. My legs must have forgotten how to hold my weight. I collapsed to the ground and Danny partly tried to save and break my fall. I never really got over that day, but I have used that immense trauma to light the fire behind my speaking. That day was about 20 years ago, and I stand, I live as one of the most influential speakers in the country. I have spoken to trauma patients, PTSD victims, mass classes whom look for someone else for help. I was changing the world. I was making a real difference. When life decided to put me through my greatest test, life put me in the forefront of my own demise. My next speaking engagement was at a trauma center in Blackthorn City. Now I had a very strict rule about traveling by plane, but I had obligations back home that I needed to get back to rather soon. So I flew to Blackthorn City because it was pretty far. Though at the airport, I started to get pains in my neck. My body felt weak. I could feel a dark shadow coming over the entire airport. Of course, the first time around, I brushed it off, but kept my guard up. Later, I tried calming down with a coffee and a bagel with a dollop of Asiago cream cheese. Mm. It was exactly what I needed. I sat, I ate, and I waited for my plane to board. A nap sounded like the best plan, but I decided against it. I figured waiting till I was boarded was more of a better idea. Time passed and my plane had actually boarded on time. I was going over my speaking points and notes 
when I realized the wheel on the plane was smoking. Now, smoke can happen for many reasons. I know that. And they could also seem like it's coming from one important place when really it's coming from the place smoke is actually supposed to come out of. We were well into the sky and everything seemed to be going fine. In an instant, the captain hurried over the intercom. His panicked breath and stutters made it very apparent that something wasn't right. The captain pleaded with the passengers to brace for impact and to put on the designated oxygen mask hanging above us. I couldn't believe my eyes and ears. I was in the middle of dying in a plane crash. I tried breathing, but the pressure built up in the cabin, the anxiety of being able to look out the window to a fast approaching pavement kind of threw those plans out the window, no pun intended. So I peeked out the window against all other better judgments. I saw fire coming from the engines and gasoline squirting from the massive gash in the plane's oil tank. I sat back. I tried to breathe as, as I don't even know the word for it, as, as calm as possible. And I said a little prayer. Seconds later, everything went dark. And when I opened my eyes, there was a clock and a mirror behind me. I turned to look in the mirror. I couldn't believe my eyes. Everything around me was white. I turned around the ground, the sky, the walls, the men, the women, people were everywhere. It was like a, a world of peace, a plane of existence, of total silence. It was almost deafening. I turned back to the mirror and I was joined by my parents. My mother stood on my left, my father, he stood on my right. The clock above us in red text to make it more bold, 1111 was plastered on the clock. I was reunited with my family so that together we could spend the afterlife as a family.